guys. What's up right there? We're live. We're back in action, blasting off into the NFL atmosphere. The Power 32 podcast is here covering all 32 teams as we near the regular season 2022 year. Oh, my name is Jason Fearman, a.k.a. The Sports Prophet, and Power 32 is presented by Third and Three in conjunction with the Sports Column. And brought to you by Reebok. Yes, Reebok deal of the week. Still going strong. Get them Reebok Rewind Run Shoes for just $39.99 with the code Rewind at checkout. So you got to hit Rewind, go through 33 podcasts, go to checkout, get that great deal. Plus, another way to get discounts is to step into the prehistoric future in Reebok's latest collaboration with Jurassic World. And prehistoric future may be in... Uh, Oxymoron, maybe the ultimate oxymoron, but they're selling pretty quick. So get our over to third and three podcast.com. Let us hook you up with all the discounts and the deals. All right, guys, we got a few things to go over today. We're going to have some fun. If you want to jump in, be my guest. Come on, I'll bring all the comments in. We are all good. And of course, the podcast will be played later. So now that we're just a couple of weeks away from the 2022 NFL season, I want to give you the rundown of how. The show is going to go, the Power 32 podcast, once NFL kicks off real quickly on September 8th, officially Thursday, between the defending champion LA Rams and the Buffalo Bills, who seem to be the outside favorite to win it all this year. Me, Damian, and Nicky are calling the game. Yes, we're actually going to call the game. We're going to do the broadcast. No, it's not going to be on our screen. You'll watch the game along with us. Make your comments. It'll be a lot of fun. More information to come out on that. So, look. We're going to do what we do, and that's how we do it. So every week, Power 32, we're going to give you a quick recap on previous weeks. I'll pick every game on the schedule. I'll have a knockout pool where I pick one team per week to win each week, obviously. And we'll see if I can keep the streak going all year long. We'll see how it goes. I don't want to get knocked out in the first round. That would really suck. So I'll also give you my best three-team parlay for you degenerate betters out there. Uh, I'll give you some fantasy studs of the week, quarterback, couple of running backs, couple of receivers, tight end, even a defense. Forget about kicker. I don't mess around with that. Leave it alone. Whether you want to insert it into your regular fantasy football lineups or whether you do DraftKings or uh, FanDuel, any of that stuff. And, of course, last but not least, since I am a 49ers fan, I will be bringing on the guest of the opposing team every week to close out the segment. So that'd be the last thing we do, bringing on the guest of the opposing team. And the Bears are week one, and I got my guest, and I'll give them to you a little bit later. But we are all set and ready to go for week one. Today, however, I'm giving you my top 10 players at quarterback, running back, and wide receiver, and would love to hear your reaction to it. But I have to start with Aaron Donald and the swinging helmet incident. All right, guys, I want to hear what you have to say when you want to jump in, uh, especially in the comments section later. But I put out on Twitter earlier that he should be suspended two games. That was the first thing that came to mind. He should be suspended two games. Now, some people said, nope, that's not enough. Some people said, nope, shouldn't be suspended at all, just a fine. I mean, somebody even said a year suspension. I heard six games. I heard a lot because if you remember Miles Garrett, when he was with, you know, he's Cleveland Browns and they were playing against Pittsburgh, he hit Mason Rudolph over the head who wasn't wearing a helmet. And he got suspended six games, and that was a big deal. They tried to reduce it, yada, yada. He learned his lesson, hopefully, from there. 
Now, in this incident, it's in practice against the Bengals, right? So they're having an inter-squad scrimmage practice and whatnot. And, yes, it gets heated, and it's hot out there, no pun intended, obviously. And, you know, they want to fight. And Aaron Donald, as we know, is an absolute monster great player. And I have no doubt that they were probably trying to agitate him. And I'm not putting everything on Donald. But what I am putting on him is swinging helmets around. I mean, not just one guy. So we're talking two helmets. He was swinging around. Bad thing. I mean, that's really bad. I don't care that it was just practice. To me, that makes no difference. And I think that the fact that the NFL can't do anything about it, that it's up to the team, it's up to the Rams to discipline him, is really crazy. <laughs> I mean, the NFL, they seem to be able to discipline you on everything, but this, they can't do anything. Now, it's not like I want Aaron Donald, uh, you know, to be suspended. I don't have anything against Aaron Donald, but this is a major problem. This is a major, major problem. He can't do that. Nobody can do that. And there has to be a precedent sent for it. It's very important. And they did it with Miles Garrett, obviously. But even though this is practice, I don't care. Aaron Donald, to me, has to be suspended. And I don't see the team doing it. So he's probably not going to be suspended. They'll probably find him. And it'll be like nothing because he just signed a billion freaking dollar contract. But that's not good enough because other players are going to do it. But again, if you set the precedent early, I'm deterring other players from wanting to do it. I think about Tom Brady and the deflate gate and how he was suspended four games. He was suspended four games for a ball being deflated. I mean, that's freaking sick when you compare it to Aaron Donald and if he doesn't even get a suspension at all. So again, I have nothing against Aaron Donald, but what he did was outrageous. That was no good. That was a bad, bad move. And again, according to the CBA, there's nothing that the NFL can do. It's just the team because of practice. That's weird. Alan Iverson, come on out. Practice? We're talking about practice, man? I don't care that it's practice. That's a bunch of bull. All right, as far as I'm concerned. Now, one more quick thing, because we're going to get into the top 10 quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers. And I know you guys are probably going to disagree with a lot of it, but that's what makes for great debates and discussion in the NFL. Now, the Bills punter, rookie punter, Matt Areza, and I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. If I'm not, I apologize, but I don't know if I even should apologize because he's been accused of gang rape in a civil lawsuit with a minor dating back to October of last year. There's always some truth behind every statement that somebody's going to make, whether they exaggerate it. And I'm not saying, again, victim here. I have to put that in quotes. This kind of stuff is just, it makes me sick taking advantage of certain situations, whether it's who you are, you're a big stud on the football team, or you're just any regular average don't doing what you're doing. Let me read part of the article to you. I just think it's, I think it's really important. Here's a couple of things, guys. Hey, Zach, what's up over there? There's been like 20 plus fights in training camp. I know. And he's saying, I'm not saying that fighting is acceptable. Let me put this up here. But let me see what Zach has to say. That fighting is not acceptable. All right. But I am saying putting two teams of guys who same of fringe rosters, having coaches, firing them up and encouraging and fighting. I say a fine is likely. Yeah, a fine is coming. I would agree with that. I mean, L.A. is going to have to find him as far as I'm concerned, bro. Um, but I think that he should be suspended and fights are different. I'm all about the fights, man. And I know, you know, your football, but this is different. This is like literally assault. So that's the problem I have with it. I mean, he's literally trying to hurt somebody. That's the problem I have here, man. Aaron Donald is swinging around, not one, two helmets violently 
trying to hurt someone. It's not like he's swinging it around for fun, having a good time trying to hit a fucking pinata or something like that. This is a problem. You can't do stuff like that. He could have really injured somebody very, very badly, and he's very lucky he didn't. And I guarantee you, if he did, I, the NFL would have had to step in some other way, or there would have been, again, some other lawsuit or whatever it may be. So, Zach, I totally hear where you're coming from. There are fights all the time, and there have been fights all throughout training camp and these inter-squad games all year long. But it's too much. It's too much. And, again, speaking of too much, going back to this matter, raise a guy – like I'm saying, there's always some sort of truth behind it. And I just want to read a little part of this in the NFL um, on NFL.com. So the lawsuit alleges that Areza had sex with a 17-year-old girl outside of an off-campus home where Areza lived and then brought her into a room where she was repeatedly raped. The plaintiff is the plaintiff, excuse me, is identified uh, in the lawsuit as Jane Doe because she does not want to be known. She was underage, yada yada, all that stuff. Um, the lawsuit states that the plaintiff had been drinking with friends when they decided to go to the party on October 17th of last year, and she was observably intoxicated upon arrival. Okay, that happens. That's what teenagers do. They get drunk, college kids or whatever. She became separated from her friends and was approached by a razor who offered her a drink. According to the lawsuit, the plaintiff believes the drink not only contained alcohol, but other intoxicating substances. The complaint said, last thing, there have been no arrests made and the San Diego police have not publicly identified any suspects. According to the Associated Press, the NFL's media attempts to reach San Diego police and the district attorney, the uh, office. And again, it was unsuccessful. So um, whatever they're trying to do, I don't know. But this is bad news. If it is true, I'm sickened by it. And his NFL career should be over Right now, not just because he's a punter, because of the putts that he is, if he had anything to do with this at all. And again, like I said, every comment stems from some sort of truth. So there's got to be something like there. And Zach, jumping in over here, let me pop it up about um, Ian Rappaport, obviously, is one of the more viable people in the NFL. Ian Rappaport said that the Bills are new for a month and he's still on the roster. (laughs) Fucking disgusting. He's absolutely right. And you're right. I did hear that that the Bills have known for this for about a month or whatever it is. Yep, still there. Um, as far as I'm concerned, you know what? Accusations are enough. you got to let certain things play out in court. I totally understand that. But where this comes from and how it comes, look, it's been since October of last year. We're talking about 10 months already, guys. The, judici- <laughs> the freaking judicial system is out of control. It's absolutely miserable. You know, I'm not going to sit here and talk politics with you, but why it takes so long to find out and figure out the truth Come on, let's go. So, again, bad on you. Tomatoes thrown all over Matt Areza. I hope that he never gets to put on an NFL uniform ever, ever, ever. All right? All right, let's get away from the bad stuff over the helmet tossing and the accusations of rape. My God, uh, what the hell? What the fuck is wrong with people? Here we go. Quarterbacks, top 10. My top 10 quarterbacks. Going to give you them in order exactly how I feel they are today. In the NFL. Let's see if you agree. And I'm going to give you my reasons why. Number one, it's Patrick Mahomes for the fact that he's been to four straight AFC championships, two Super Bowls, one, one. And if not for D Ford going offside, he would have been into another one when they beat the Patriots or would have beat the Patriots back in 2018. Patrick Mahomes is absolutely freaking amazing. Last year, he had 4,839 yards, 37 touchdowns, and 13 picks. And let's not forget, 
he had about eight or nine interceptions in the first four or five games. So he ended off great with a 66% completion percentage. Patrick Mahomes, there's nothing the man can't do. He is absolutely the best player in the NFL. Best player, best quarterback. I'll, I'll say that. He's the best quarterback in the NFL. And he is everything that Aaron Rodgers was 10, 12 years ago, whatever it is. But maybe even a little bit more. He can make some throws that even Aaron Rodgers can't. And that's saying a lot. Because when I was watching football, and I've been watching that for a long time, I'm 42 years old. For me, it was John Elway, Joe Montana, Steve Young. Those were the guys. And now I'm watching Aaron Aaron Jones. Listen to me, Aaron Rodgers. I I never seen anything like it. And now here comes Patrick Mahomes. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Lighting up the league. Unbelievable. Number one. Number two, I'm going with Josh Allen. There is nobody I'd rather have on third and three, full pun intended, Third down and three, you need three yards. Josh Allen can either throw for it or run for it. The defense is pretty much nothing they can do. He is phenomenal. He had 4,400 yards last year, a little bit over, throwing 36 touchdowns, 15 picks, and a 63% completion percentage. That's something he has to work on a little bit, but he makes up for it in so many other areas. We saw what happened against Kansas City in that divisional game last year. I mean, he was amazing. He made Gabriel Davis look like freaking Jerry Rice. It was unreal. I mean, it was just basically a matter of who's going to have the ball last, and that was the end of the story. And you know what? 13 seconds left, Josh Allen in disbelief on the sideline. Disbelief because he did everything to do to get them back and win that game. But aside from that, he's my number two, and ironically against my number one, Patrick Mahomes. My number three, It's still Aaron Rodgers. Let's not forget, he's back-to-back MVP, guys. Aaron Rodgers. And a lot of that, you want to say that has to do with Devontae Adams. We'll get to my wide receiver rankings in a little bit. Aaron Rodgers has been doing it with everybody since he started with Donald Driver and Greg Jennings. And they were all very good receivers, don't get me wrong. But he made them the best that they can possibly be. Last year, Rodgers had 4,115 yards. You ready for this? 37 touchdowns, 4 interceptions. Why am I not putting him at one? I'm not even sure. Four interceptions with a 69% completion percentage. Dude, Aaron Rodgers is still amazing. And if you want to say a lot of that had to do with Devontae Adams, fine. You may be right, but he's still getting the ball to him when Adams was even double covered. And Adams again is great. But what Rodgers does, unreal. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens this year with Green Bay. I can sit here and talk a lot about it because I'm much higher in them than other people are. I feel they're going to win with defense and running more. But let's see what they get out of Christian Watson and Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins. Let's see what happens. If anybody can make these guys good to great, it's Aaron Rodgers. He's number three. Number four is the 45-year-old man, Tom Brady. Last year, dude, led the league with 5,316 yards. Are you kidding me? He was 44 last year. Now 45. He had 43 touchdowns and 12 interceptions with a 67% completion percentage. What are you kidding? This is ridiculous. We know that Tom Brady is phenomenal and he basically defies the laws of logic and gravity and physics and the whole damn thing. The guy's unreal. These numbers are crazy. And you know what? That close again to going to the NFC Championship, and then who knows what happens. Maybe they do beat my 49ers. Who the hell knows? Tom Brady, unreal. No, did he look good in that first half against the Rams last year in the playoffs? No, he did not. The whole team didn't look good. 
But in the second half, to be down by that much and to light it up like that, Tom Brady's still amazing, putting up incredible numbers. He's number four. Number five, I hate to admit it, but it is Deshaun Watson because Deshaun Watson can basically do everything that Mahomes, Allen, Rodgers, and Brady can as far as throwing, running, extending the play, making things happen with his feet, excellent vision, extreme accuracy. In 2020, again, he didn't play last year, so the year before last, he had 4,823 yards passing. He led the league, and then he had 33 touchdowns and only seven interceptions. And you guys ready for this? 70% completion percentage? 70%? Look, Deshaun Watson, again, I'm just talking about on the field. That is freaking bonkers. And he played for the Houston Texans. They went 4-12 and in 2020. And he was still able to do all that. Let me tell you the numbers again. 4,823 yards passing, 33 touchdowns, only seven picks, a 70% completion percentage. I'm talking about Deshaun Watson on the field. I'm not getting into any of that stuff right now. We'll probably do it on third and three. Actually, we have a whole big freaking show going for you on coming up on Wednesday, a full prediction show, which is going to be great. But, you know, I don't want to get too off course over here. I want to talk about what we're talking about. And that would be Deshaun Watson being able to do that everything Mahomes, Allen, Rodgers, and Brady can do. And I got him at five just behind them because I feel like those guys have a little bit more in certain areas. But Watson, unreal. This is where it got tricky. I put Justin Herbert at number six. Last year, he threw for over 5,000 yards, 5,014 yards to be exact, 38 TDs, 15 interceptions with a 66% uh, completion percentage. Uh, Amazing. Amazing. Unreal job. But part of that I have to admit, and I think Herbert is great. I really do. They were playing from behind a lot. They were playing in a lot of shootouts. That's why he had over 5,000 yards. That's why he had 38 interceptions, uh, touchdowns and 15 interceptions. Those numbers should go down this year, thinking they're going to have a better defense. Yes, J.C. Jackson is going to be out for a little bit. Um, hopefully, Derwin James is going to stay healthy for their sake and pick up some of the slack in the secondary uh, and things like that. But the Chargers look really good, and Justin Herbert is a huge reason why. At number seven, I'm going with Lamar Jackson, and I debated putting him in. I swear to God, one Ten, I, I wasn't sure, but ultimately I went with, with seven. His numbers aren't always going to be great passing. They're just not. I mean, last year he had, not even last year, two years ago, because last year he got injured for half the season, it seemed like. He had 2,757 yards passing, still had 26 touchdown passes and only nine interceptions, but a 64% completion percentage. That's not phenomenal, not the worst, all right? So I'm not going to go crazy over here, but – The other thing that he adds, guys, is that he rushed for 767 yards. The year before that, 1,005. The year before that, 1,206. So you want to add in his passing numbers with his rushing numbers. The guy is phenomenal. People call him a football player. You know what? That's freaking fine. He is a football player. Ben Roethlisberger was a football player. John Elway, that's how I look at it. They're football players, these guys. You know what? Lamar Jackson is a Phenomenal football player, one of the best in the league, and it just so happens that he plays quarterback, and he is the reason why the Ravens win. All right, yes, they're a great organization. John Harbaugh, fantastic all the way through and through. They've been great since basically the year 1996, but whenever they got inception uh, from Cleveland. So Lamar Jackson's number seven. 
Joe Burrow was number eight. Yeah, people would have him higher. Some I've seen them rank as high as four, five, or even six. I got him at eight, 4,611 yards last year, 34 touchdowns, 14 picks, 70% completion percentage, which is excellent. Again, that's extremely high. If you're in the 70s, that's always great. Um, I think that he's awesome, and he proved it in that in college at LSU, and he's proving it now. In his rookie year, he went out, tore up his knee, came back, brings the team to the freaking Super Bowl. And we're talking about the Cincinnati Bengals, who have been the biggest joke in the league for the longest time. They're not a joke anymore. Joe Burrow's the real deal. Number nine, I got Russell Wilson. I still believe he's fantastic. Last year, he was completely injured. He was out for a while. So his 2020 numbers were 4,212 yards. You ready for this, guys? Russell Wilson, 40 touchdowns, 40 touchdowns when he was with Seattle and only 13 picks with a 68% completion percentage. Do not sleep on Russell Wilson. Please don't sleep on him. Him going to Denver is a huge thing. No. Does he have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett there? No. I'll be the first one to admit it. And now with Tim Patrick down, that's going to be tough. Um, They don't really have a tight end as much, but you know what? Let's see what they can do. Maybe they bring somebody in. Maybe they bring in Odell Beckham Jr. Who knows? But they're going to be a lot better, and it's because of Russell Wilson. They're not going to be 7-10 and 10 this year. Look for a reversal of that record, maybe 10-7. and 7. All right. My number 10, I have to admit, I debated between Derek Carr and Matt Stafford, but I ultimately went with Derek Carr, and he had 4,804 yards last year, 23 touchdowns, 14 picks, which is not great. His ratio should be better. We talked about it on third and three, that maybe he's not throwing enough touchdowns near the red zone not connecting with Waller enough. That could be a possibility. I need to look into that a little bit more. 68% completion. Matt Stafford had 4,886 yards, a little bit more, 41 touchdowns, a lot more, 17 picks, a little more, and a 67% completion percentage. But I feel like he was on a better team. Derek Carr was throwing to almost nobody last year. I mean, go ahead and name their wide receivers. I'll give you a little hint. Zay Jones. You know, Brandon Edwards. I mean, these are guys that you don't even know. They barely, I don't even know what team they're on right now. I'm not even going to lie to you. I mean, I would have to look it up. So this is my point. That's how good that Derek Carr is. And now he's got Devontae Adams. Oh, my God. Woo. Watch out. We're talking fantasy quarterback, and people have been sleeping on him because I've been doing a lot of mock drafts lately, and I did one draft already. All right. And getting Derek Carr that late, wow. I, I, I felt pretty lucky about it. Let me go to my running backs. Let's run through it. Derrick Henry, he's still number one to me. Let's not forget, before we got hurt last year, he ran for 2,027 yards. He had 17 touchdowns. The guy's freaking phenomenal. He's a truck. He gets better as the game goes on. He had three fumbles all of 2020. Last year, again, he was basically leading the league in rushing for about a month after he got hurt. Are you freaking kidding me? That's how insanely good Derrick Henry is and still is. He is still the best running back in the NFL. Does he catch the ball out of the backfield like a lot of other guys that I like? No. But you know what? doesn't have to. That's not part of the game for him. He is just an absolute brutal runner, north to south. The last guy you want to tackle, ask Josh fucking Norman. Number two, yeah, I got Jonathan Taylor. No, I'm not stuck in the moment of last year. I like this kid coming out of Wisconsin. Last year, he had a little bit over 1,800 yards rushing. 18 touchdowns, and he put the ball on the ground three times. That's really not that much when he was given so many carries, like 300 and freaking whatever. 
Taylor is absolutely amazing. He's a guy that will eat you up a little bit, and then he'll bust a 60-, 70-yard run for a touchdown and just destroy your freaking life. Jonathan Taylor is legit, and that's why people are picking him number one in fantasy football right now. And I have no problem with that. Would I do it? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. But number three, this one may surprise you, but he's still fantastic. He's only 27 years old, and his name is Alvin Kamara. 932 rushing yards last year, even when he was hurt for, what, three or four games, plus 756 receiving yards. Okay, 21 total touchdowns, and he only fumbled the ball once. You could put Kamara at one. I wouldn't have a problem with it. That guy does everything, and now he's not going to have to do everything, hopefully with Jameis Winston being accurate for my boy Damian's sake. You know, having Chris Olave, Olave there now, Jarvis Landry comes in to join Michael Thomas, who last we saw him was tearing up the league, as Damien likes to say, but really tearing up his knee. Either way, he was destroying it, and now he's the reception leader for a single season. Alvin Kamara is fantastic, and we'll see if he's going to get suspended or not, but that has nothing to do with how great he is. Number four, I got Dalvin Cook. Um, he does miss games. I don't like that. His health is a, is a big thing, but if he were to stay healthy for a full year, he's a 1,600, 1,700-yard guy. Last year, he had 1,159 yards, 12 touchdowns, and fumbled the ball a couple of times. Um, yeah, he's big time. Uh, three times, actually. I'm sorry. I had six touchdowns. I totally apologize. Six touchdowns and three fumbles. I'm looking at my number six guy, who's Nick Chubb. He's not getting a lot of love, and I don't understand why. I, I really don't know what the hell's going on. And he's getting drafted very, very late in fantasy. Um he had 1,259 yards last year, even being hurt with 12 touchdowns and only fumbled the ball twice. Chubb is great, and I think they're going to reward him more now that Kareem Hunt has been speaking out and being annoying and saying, yeah, you know what? All right, we're going to use you up as much as we can, but we'll reward Nick Chubb near the end zone. Chubb is great. He's another one of those guys like Taylor who will just grind you out for a while and then, bam, bust a run and kill you. Him and Henry, same kind of thing. Number six, I like Austin Eckler because he is a dual threat. He had 911 yards on the ground last year, 647 in the air, 20 total touchdowns, four fumbles. Okay, got to work on that a little bit. Don't get a little tiki barbarism going on in there. But those numbers are great, 20 total touchdowns, 911 yards, 647 through the air. We're talking, I mean, you know, like 1,500, 1,600 yards almost or whatever it is. Fantastic job. And Justin Herbert, who, again – is my, what, number six overall quarterback is really going to benefit from having Austin Eckler there. There's no question, all right? Christian McCaffrey, I put it seven. This guy hasn't been healthy in two years, but if he does come back healthy this year, he is as good as anybody on this list. In 2019, yep, we got to go back a while because he has not been healthy. He had 1,387 yards on the ground and 1,005 in the air receiving. Guys, are you freaking kidding me? 2,400 yards from scrimmage? It's insane. It's absolutely amazing to go along with 19 touchdowns and through the amount of times that he carries the ball, catches it, he only fumbled once, just once. Christian McCaffrey still has to get his love, still has to get his due. I'm putting him at seven because of the injury factor. We haven't really seen him in, in two years, but... When he is suited up, he's as good as anybody. 
Number eight, I got Joe Mixon. He needs the love. He he deserves it. He's a huge reason why the Bengals went to the Super Bowl last year. 1,205 yards, 13 touchdowns, only one fumble. Joe Mixon is a pure running back, and he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Much like my number nine guy, who is Aaron Jones for the Green Bay Packers, his numbers won't pop out so much, but he is a touchdown type of guy for the most part. He makes big plays. He can catch it at the backfield. He had 800 yards receiving, uh, 800 yards rushing, uh, almost 400 yards receiving last year. One fumble, four touchdowns last year. But again, he was banged up, so that's part of it. But Aaron Jones, another fantastic player. A.J. Dillon, close to making my list. But at number 10, I had to go between J.K. Dobbins and Najee Harris. I debated back and forth. We didn't see Dobbins last year. He's back off the PUP list. He's off it now. He will be playing this year. We'll see how great he is. But he was getting like five and a half, six yards at a clip. In 2020, he had 805 yards on the ground, nine touchdowns. And I think he had two fumbles. I got to make sure on that. I'm not sure if I had that correct. But um, when he's healthy, he's fantastic. He really is. And he's still relatively young, obviously. But Najee Harris, 1,200 yards last year behind a terrible offensive line in Pittsburgh. We'll see if they can fix that up this year. Seven touchdowns. You know what? Rookie, no fumbles. No, none. Zero. No fumbles for the rookie Najee Harris behind that non-stealer Pittsburgh offensive line. Can't believe it. Really shocked at that. But that's how good this kid is. He's freaking for real. Watch out. The Steelers have that running back like they had Jerome Bettis for a long time. Excuse me when I take a drink of water over there. So that is my one through 10 as far as my quarterbacks, my running backs, and lastly, my wide receivers. Number one, I am going with Devontae Adams. Some people will argue, and the only argument is, is that, well, Aaron Rodgers was throwing him the ball. I don't care. You still have to get open. You still got to catch it. And you still got to find the end zone. And that's what Devontae Adams does. He had 1,553 yards receiving last year with 11 touchdowns and 123 catches. He's going to probably have more than that this year because Derek Carr is going to be really zeroing in on him as they're like, you know, pretty much best friends for the past, I don't know what, five, six years. So Devontae Adams is number one. Cooper Cup is number two. And a lot of people will put Cooper Cup at one triple crown wide receiver last year. The numbers are unreal. He almost got to 2,000 yards, 1947, 16 touchdowns receiving and 145 catches. 145. Oh, God. Wow. No wonder why Matthew Stafford has such a great year. I got a cup of two. He is amazing. Number three, I got Tyreek Hill. People are sleeping on him because he's not with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City right now. That has nothing to do with how great of a wide receiver he is. There is everything that this guy can do. Tyreek Hill is a monster. Last year, he had 1,239 yards, nine touchdowns, and 111 catches. Look, he's going to be catching bubble screen slants coming out of the backfield, and then, yeah, a few times a game, he's going to go downfield, and more than likely, as long as Tua can get it there, which I believe he can because I think is a better quarterback than most of you guys think, Tyree Kill's going to have a great year. But you know what? There are other players on that team, Jalen Waddell, tight end Mike Isecki, Cedric Wilson, who came in from Dallas, a lot of weapons for Tua. I don't want to go on a tangent, but I like Miami this year. Tyree Kill, number three, number four. I got Justin Jefferson. His first two seasons match up with any wide receiver in NFL history. Last year, he had 1,616 yards receiving 
with 10 touchdowns and 108 catches. And again, that's with Kirk Cousins throwing him the ball, a bad offensive line, and a guy like Adam Thielen on the other side who did demand attention as well. 108 catches, 1,616 yards, 10 touchdowns. Justin Jefferson, you are a stud. Number five, Stefan Diggs, who used to play for Minnesota, but now he's in Buffalo with Josh Allen, where he had 1,225 receiving yards last year, 10 TDs, and 103 catches. They know the ball is going to him, and they still cannot stop Stefan Diggs. You cannot stop that guy. He is legitimate for real, absolute top five receiver in the league. And it pains me to say it, but he's just a tick over my number six guy, who is my 49er blood, Debo Samuel, who had 1,405 yards last year, 365 rushing yards last year, 14 total touchdowns, and he had the highest yards per reception rate in the league at 18.2. And let me tell you something. It wasn't because Jimmy Garoppolo was throwing the ball downfield. He was throwing the ball to Debo three, four yards downfield, and Debo was taking it 20 yards all the time. That's why he led the league in yards per reception at 18.2. Unbelievable. And again, it wasn't because he was catching 20-yard passes from Jimmy Garoppolo. He was catching dinks and dunks and making stuff happen. Debo Samuel is one of the best players in the NFL. This is no bias right now. There's nothing he can't do. He even threw a touchdown last year. He can run. He can catch. He can block. He's tough as nails. It's so hard to bring him down. Look, Debo is like legit a top 10 player in the NFL. Any position. The guy can do anything. All right. He's the number six, and I should probably have him higher after all the things I just said. I mean, he's unreal. All right. But at seven, I got Jamar Chase. And there are people putting Jamar Chase at like two, three, excuse me, even four right now. I'm sorry. I'm not there yet. Yeah. He had a couple of games where he went for like 200 yards last year. And that's incredible. Don't get me wrong. But he disappeared a lot where he would have a 40 yard game, a 70 yard game. That's not right. You need to be there every time, like Justin Jefferson, who I got at four, who I would take over Jamar Chase like that. And that's a big comparison is those two players. I would take him over Jamar Chase, no question, any day. Don't get me wrong. Jamar Chase is an absolute playmaker, and he made good play, great plays in the Super Bowl, almost got them down to possibly tie that game or even win it toward the end until Aaron Donald showed up and just disrupted everything. And again, his name comes up. At least he wasn't throwing helmets in the freaking Super Bowl. He was just throwing his arms around and sacking Joe Burrow. Unbelievable. Uh, number eight. And he probably would be higher. He's getting a little bit older, this guy. And he's suspended for six games. Shouldn't have any effect on where he's ranked. But DeAndre Hopkins. Um, Let's go to his 2021 season where he had 1,407 yards, six touchdowns, 115 receptions. I mean, the guy's an absolute monster. He's a total monster. He really can do it all. He belongs in the top 10. And look, you know what? Wherever you want to put him, I'm not going to argue. Because before last year, people were saying, you know what, he's maybe the first or second best wide receiver in the league. So maybe dropping him to eight may be a little bit much. So I want to hear what you guys think about that one, especially because I did struggle as far as where I should put him. Anyway, at number nine, I went with a guy who will be debatable for a lot of people, and that's fine. But I've seen A.J. Brown, and I've seen A.J. Brown destroy the 49ers by himself in the second half on a Thursday night football game, and it made me sick. A.J. Brown is a monster, big guy, fast, everything strong. 
could do it all. Um, he had 1075 yards, 11 touchdowns, and 70 catches in only 12 games in 2020. Last year, he missed like half the season. But when he played, total difference maker, total game changer. Now you give Jalen Hurts, this guy, along with Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard, you know, Kenneth Gainwell. Throwing. Let me tell you something. Again, like I talk about the Dolphins, I'm talking about Philly. This is going to be a freaking fiery offense, man. They're going to be awesome. Will it take A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts a little bit to get it together? Yeah, sure it will. Yeah, take a couple of weeks, maybe a little bit more. That's perfectly fine. That doesn't matter. A.J. Brown's talent is is up there with, with everybody. He can do it all. He's young. He's got a long, great career ahead of him, as long as he can stay healthy. So to close it out with number 10, I'm sorry, but I have a three-way tie, guys. I, I know it's 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 no good, but C.D. Lamb is in there. He had 1,102 yards, and that was with Amari Cooper and Cedric Wilson and Dalton Schultz. Still had all those yards with six touchdowns and 79 receptions. This year, he'll catch over 100 balls, about 1,500 yards, probably get in the end zone about 15 times. Yeah, C.D. Lamb is for real. He's a legit number one. And that's why Dallas had no problem whatsoever getting rid of him, uh, getting rid of Amari Cooper at all, at all, especially with the freaking money. Forget about it. Not worth it, Amari Cooper. And he is not on my list. But the last two guys are on the same team. Ah, And I can put one of them even higher because he's one of my favorite wide receivers in the NFL, and that is Chris Godwin, guys. It was a shame when he tore up his knee in that game against the Saints last year. He could have been so dominant going forth into those playoffs where Tampa Bay may have even got to the Super Bowl, won it, who knows. But Godwin, his numbers last year before getting hurt, and he got injured in December, guys, where there was still four games left. He had, listen to this, he had 1,103 yards. He probably would have finished with 1,500 at least. He uh, Five touchdowns, not a lot, uh, don't, but they didn't really go to him in the end zone that much. All of his touchdowns really came outside the 20-yard line for the most part. 98 directions got injured uh, Got injured, injured in December. 98 directions, receptions, excuse me, 98 receptions. And that was with four games left to go, I believe it was. He could have finished with 130, 140, who knows what. Tom Brady loved throwing him the ball. And when he gets fully healthy again, he's really going to help this offense just like the guy on the other side of him, which is Mike Evans. Does Mike Evans run a lot of great routes? No. He runs maybe two or three that are really well. But on a 50-50 ball, there are not many more players you want than Mike Evans. Let's be honest, all right? Whether you're talking a tight end, another big wide receiver, he's excellent. Mike Evans, 13, I'm sorry, 100. Let me try to speak over here. 1,035 yards last year, but he got in the end zone 14 times, 14 touchdowns. And again, that's because Tom Brady is absolutely fine throwing up that 50-50 ball. And with Mike Evans, it's more like an 80-20 ball in his favor in the corner of the end zone. If he is singled up one-on-one, Tom Brady is going to throw him the football in the end zone. Absolutely will happen. We've seen it a billion times. And Mike Evans makes good on it. Uh, Only 74 catches, but again, He's more of a big play guy. I would like to see him be a little bit more consistent. That's the one thing out of him I'd like to see. Let him be more consistent. Okay, but that's my list. And 
Um, I really hope again, I know I'm doing the show really early. That's why, you know, I didn't really going to have, you know, with a lot of interaction, it's more for a podcast that I want you guys to listen to later on. So you listen to it. Let me know what you think about my top 10 quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, throwing your opinion about Aaron Donald and Matt Areza as well. We'll get more information about that. We'll see what happens and we'll see if Aaron Donald does get suspended or fined. And again, that would have to come from the LA Rams themselves. They're not going to freaking suspend Aaron Donald. If they do, maybe it would be for a game and that would be it, but uh, it wouldn't be against the bills to start it out. Anyway, we'll see how that all works. Hey, look, um, I am, I, I, I'm, I'm letting this happen. Um, if you want to be a guest on the show, you can DM me at sports profit one. That's the number one as the important thing to me throughout the rest of this year, other than doing my two shows, which I love the 33 podcast and the show, the power 32 podcast, where about half the time I'll have a guest come in, but I do want guests who are knowledgeable about football coming in, who are the opponents of the 49ers on a weekly basis. Like I said, Earlier in the show, the layout is going to be that way. So if your name is John Smith, you know, I'm just making that up, and you're a Seahawks fan, and you know what you're talking about, you're not just rah-rah, is this going by, here we go. I want you on the show. I would like to have you on. So every week, I will have a guest on who is going against the 49ers, a knowledgeable male or female, makes no difference to me whatsoever, just again, somebody knowledgeable. I already have a few people that have already committed, but I'm leaving spots open because I like to have brand new people on the show. Give them a chance to show what they know. I love it. It's awesome. It's well-deserved. So with all that being said, this is the Power 32 Podcast NFL Talk with Jason Fearman. We'll be going on all year long. I appreciate you guys listening. Thank you for the few comments over there. I know it's an early day kind of thing, but... Um, I'm looking forward to you guys listening to the podcast and getting your answers and questions, comments, opinions, all that sort of good stuff on social media, especially on Twitter. Again, at SportsProfit1, the number one, third and three podcast. We are out for now, but we'll be having more later. We'll see you next time, guys. We'll leave you with this, baby. Enjoy it.